a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. Welcome to the restricted section in which I am breaking up with Harry Potter, and it's the most embarrassing breakup of my life, including that time that I begged Rory to take me back in the crowded hallway of Robinson Secondary School clad in a full depression sweatsuit. You heard me right. I begged a man to love me. Absolutely disgusting. Tina, it was high school. It was high school. It was high school. This was a boy. <laughs> it was a boy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I wrote man in all capitals too. So in my notes, I'm just going to correct that to boy. Um, you know what? In retrospect, he was gay and that explains a lot, but I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> if you haven't done the reading, don't worry. We did it for you. Here's what we're talking about today. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, Chapter 10, The House of Gaunt, in which Harry enters a pensive consensually for the first time in his life, and he and Dumbledore explore Voldemort's origin story with the delightful Gaunt family. I'm your host, Christina. My co-host today is Haley. Say hello to the listeners, Haley. Hello, listeners. I'm Haley, and there is something in my ceiling that you may or may not hear through the course of this episode. Is it a possum? Is it a raccoon? We simply don't know. The joys of living on the top floor. Although, were you on the top floor at your last... Oh, yeah, because it was only two floors. Yeah. And you had stuff in your, like, oven, right? Or your... What is it called? Your, like, hood? The hood of your Oh, that was ants. Yeah, yeah. I got ants in, like, the weirdest fucking place they they could possibly... Yeah, they did come from above. (laughs) What? Death from above. Yeah. (laughs) Don't rule out squirrels, either. We had squirrels in our attic. I've had those as well. This sounds bigger. This sounds beetle-sized. <laughs> oh, no. We're gonna need a bigger ceiling. <laughs> yeah. You said beagle-sized? It sounds beagle-sized. It's processed really slowly. <laughs> oh my god, listeners, you probably don't recognize, because why would you, the dulcet tones of our friend Takena. Say hello to the listeners, Takena. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to finally get Takena on the show. You've been a friend of the pod for a long time before we go any further tell the people what are your pronouns uh, my pronouns are she and her perfect thank you so much uh to Kenna, what's your harry potter history when did you start reading the books watching the movies okay um so this is a long story so you can cut me off at any point but i started reading harry I'll potter cut you off when i was uh, <laughs> when i was seven and that was uh a friend of the family had introduced, like, recommended the book to us, and my parents read it aloud to us. So, like, I have fond memories of listening to that. And uh, the next year, when the second book came out, we did the same thing. And, um, yeah, I did that for the first, I think, four books. My parents read them aloud, like, Aww. Sunday afternoons or driving in the car. So that's how I did those. But um, then nice. I was older by the time the fifth book came out. I was really tired of waiting for other people to read slowly. Yeah. And wanted my own. Um, so if you guys remember, but they would give out like these like bookmark, like pre-order things like back in the day. I don't remember that. Instead of an email. So my parents would get me that for my birthday because oh. I was born at the beginning of July. And like the book usually came out on like Harry's birthday. 
Yeah, yep. I because I my birthday's about a week before Harry's, and I would mm-hmm. wait, and it would appear. Yeah, yeah. So we would get. So I did that for five, six, and seven. And I remember for the seventh book, I went to a midnight opening, like not opening, but like books a million, like to get it at midnight release, midnight release. Yeah, release. There we go. And um, I went with one of my friends, and we sang "Hey There, Delilah" for hours while uh, waiting for, for the hours. Yes, for hours. <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry you didn't what, know any other songs. What year? <laughs> what year did book seven come out again? I was in high school, so it was. I think it was 2007. Was, yeah, was that's seven. yeah, that is a very 2007 story. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey there, hey there, Delilah. <laughs> Hold on. Came out. Oh, come on, fucking year. It wasn't hey there, new. Del- but... Oh my god. Why? But it was like okay. enduring. So hey there. Hey there, Delilah. Yeah, it's it lasted for a couple years longer than it should have. It was like hey Wonderwall. Hey there, Delilah was 2006. Deathly Hallows. I know there's people. It's 2007. I know there's people out there who are like, you've Googled this on the show live like 16 <laughs> times. Why can't you retain these numbers? It's because they're numbers, man. I'm not going to retain them. Yeah. If, join uh, <laughs> join our Patreon for the bonus episode where uh, our friend Mots wrote a trivia quiz that was About mostly me. numbers questions. Yeah. Or also we've done, um, we did a math episode that I was really oh. excited to release on Pi Day and I still... I fucking whiffed and I released it a day early. Thank you once again for not involving me in that in any way. I literally, there was a point where Andrew was talking and he was doing math out loud and I was like, come on, shut up. We got to do the next thing. And he kind of just gave me this look and I was like, oh no, I forgot. It's the math episode. I guess carry on. Um, Uh, uh, I I don't know. Did you guys stay up all night and read the book after you got it? Yes. That's what I did with, at least that one, I, I have vivid memory of, like, staying up all night and reading it, but, um... I, th- I think it was four through seven I managed to do that with. I had to be sneaky about doing that. Like... Why? Cause, well, because my, my mom also read the books aloud to me, but, like, by the time five, six, and seven had come out, like, we're we're one of those families where we've we've been doing something this way for a while, so now it's a tradition, so now we have to do it. So Ugh. she would get upset if I read ahead. So I had to like Ooh. at night take the book and read ahead so that she wow. could read it the next day. And I had to pretend not to be surprised by stuff. Wow, Bridget. I think my dad was also tired of waiting. Like he wanted to know what would happen. Um, oh, my mom so, loves reading. Because both my mom and my sister like like reading, but they're much slower at it. Mm. Like she, so. she loves she loves reading in general, but she also just loves reading out loud. Oh wow! Yeah, it's exhausting. It, yeah, it, go figure. I don't, but I have to read out loud a lot. Like I actually just read the chapter about the Norwegian Ridgeback uh, mm-hmm. Norbert aloud Aww. to my kids. That one's so fun. Yeah, but so it's it's funny because like it's so different than the sixth book. Uh yeah, it's a little different. The stakes are different. Um, so did you go to the movie like midnight releases? I don't even remember. Like, so they must, the one I remember the most is when I was living in Germany and I think it was the seventh or the eighth movie came out and we got off at the wrong train station and it was like the opening day at the like foreign, foreign theater that actually showed things in not German Mm -hmm. and, uh, had to book it because we got off at the wrong train station. Oh my God. (laughs) But... (laughs) 
Yeah. Haley's never had to book it for a train. <laughs> never <laughs> once in my life. Certainly not last Friday. <laughs> I fell asleep when I was supposed to drive Haley to the train station. It's fine. I told you, Haley, that I, when I fuck up, I tell everyone about it first. Now it's my joke. Now it's, you can't use it against me. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. It's my joke now. <laughs> it's okay, everyone. I get three free tardies. She doesn't get to give me shit for three whole tardies. And listeners, that's how you manufacture confidence. (laughs) This is my mistake. I'm owning it. Yeah, fuck you. This is mine. (laughs) I did make the train. Yeah, yeah, that was... I I was like, I'm going to wait right here. (laughs) And I'm going to... It's going to be a really hard ride back if you miss that train. (laughs) I've never... Haley called me. She, we, I, I like drove to her house. She was like, I'm on the corner so you can get me faster. But I, I only it, respectfully, it wasn't a corner that would have helped me get you faster. <sighs> and then I went to the corner and then you called me and you're like, <gasps> I'm in the alley. And I'm like, hey, babe, there's so many alleys. I need you to be more specific. I'm in my alley. <laughs> I'm coming around the corner. <laughs> like, I was okay. Uh, OK, I'm going to come look for you. It was fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I really was just gasping for breath by the time I made it to the platform because like the building's weird like at the station so like where you I dropped- didn't know where to drop her yeah off. so like I tried like Sam four knows. doors the same thing like Sam. going the- around the whole building and then I had to run upstairs <laughs> by oh, the no. time I got like I was wearing docks like an idiot that was on me and I just like got out there and there's just nice VCU boys like ma'am can I do, do you want someone to Get hold your way. bag? And I'm like, fuck you for calling me, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that, but I wanted to. <laughs> I get it. Oh, my God. Haley, your gender is she, her, yes, miss, ma'am, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that sums it up. <laughs> That's like that, um, that TikTok where it's like, uh, someone attempting to describe their gender and they're like, I'm not a man, but like a little guy, a little fella. I feel like it applies to womanhood too. It's no, like, I, like, no, I'm not a, I'm not a lady. Like, if you've ever seen the Chris Fleming Am I a Man video. Is it a dude or a chick? Is he a guy or is he a woman? He sounds like a guy, but he has long hair like a Bichon. I'm like the platonic opposite of that. Like, <laughs> like the, on the on the scale of gender, I am like exactly on the other end of that seesaw. Okay, well, I guess everyone pause the show and go watch that. I'll do it, too. That's my plug for the day, Chris Fleming, (laughs) in general. Takenna, what is your Hogwarts house? So I was Ravenclaw, but since I've become a mom, like, anything I've taken is, like, you're a Hufflepuff. And I feel like that is very, very much affected by my thinking like a mom now. Yeah, that makes sense. Which like I'm makes sense to me. Be nice, like, make friends. Like if you look at like Molly Weasley, I'm like she kind of acts like a Hufflepuff now. Uh, it depends things. on what kind of mood you catch her in. Yeah, mm. that's true. And too. I think th- I think the culmination of her duality lies in the line, "Not my daughter, you bitch." You know, that's mm-hmm. a Gryffindor doing a Hufflepuff, doing a or Gryffindor. vice versa. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I mean. I've I've been saying it with uh, the Hogwarts houses. They're not exactly what you're like. They're what you value. Aspirational. Yeah. Yep. 
I'm definitely, I think, a Gryffindor, but, you know, I'm a Hufflepuff. No, I mean, that makes sense, too, because as I've gotten older, I've definitely changed what I value. Like, there's still a lot of me that values, like, learning and and knowledge, but more of it is friendship and niceness and being kind to each other. Mm-hmm. That's what I teach yeah. a lot of now. Yeah, it's the most important thing in the world. What's your favorite Harry Potter book? Um, I've always liked the third one, Inc. Yeah, I still like the third one, but uh, the, the sixth vibes are one good. is like way better than I remember it being. Yeah, same. Totally same. It's always been the one I slept on the most, but I'm loving it. I'm having a great time. We like Harry Potter again, guys. Woo! <laughs> it's a complicated relationship. <laughs> <laughs> so do, where does the book six, is that like your maybe your second favorite or is it in the middle? I would say probably my second favorite. Like I'm not overly a huge fan of the first two books because they're so simple and now I see not super well written. I almost feel like you can't pick a favorite in this series. You have to pick a favorite one through three and a favorite four through seven. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I probably do like three, six, four. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Akena. We've been talking about Harry Potter online for a very long time, and it's very good to be able to get you on the show. I, w- admittedly, we are still all online, um, but it's <laughs> just a little bit different. <laughs> just a little bit different. So let's, uh, I guess, let's fucking talk about Harry Potter. This is a pretty good, this pretty interesting chapter, so I'm excited to kind of get into it. Get ready to talk about nothing that we've really ever talked about before on the show, frankly. Yeah, damn. Yeah. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, Chapter 10, The House of Gaunt. It starts with the, it's like the first week of school still, and Harry is continuing to follow the Half-Blood Prince's instructions to great success in his potions class. Who knew? Who knew? Oh, who the hell said this to me? Okay, hold on. Let me just go into my, was it this guy? No, it wasn't. Who said it in the Discord today? Watch me go all the way back, and it was to Kenna. Oh, that'd be funny. Did someone point out the, uh, I don't the think book was. blackboard discrepancy? I think someone did, yeah. Please explain. I, I've definitely yeah, I've definitely seen this observation float around online, uh, so I wouldn't uh-huh. be surprised if someone had brought it up. But like in earlier oh, books when Snape true. was uh, teaching potions, I, he, they would always mention him putting the instructions on the board. And yes, Slugmore... Phil's the one, Phil is the one who brought this up in our Discord today. Okay, yeah. Continue. Okay, so like uh, Snape always put the instructions up on the board for the class uh, and Slughorn basically has them read out of the book. Snape never had them do that. So the prevailing theory is that uh, part of the reason Harry was bad at potions is because he was always in the back of the classroom because he fucking hated Snape and his glasses suck and he couldn't see the instructions right and just wasn't doing things right. Okay, Uh, so what... Phil said is the exact same thing, except for that, like, it was Snape's presence that affected Harry's performance because, like, duh, mm-hmm. like, he's an abuser. Yeah. I just got to shout out Phil one more time for this because he put it in a spoiler tag because it's reluctant praise of J.K. Rowling. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, this is pretty cool. I'm going to spoiler tag it because fuck these books. <laughs> I like that he he also said that it was that's why Hermione had done better before. Because Snape was yeah, giving them sense. the better instructions instead of yeah. what had been in the book. 
I feel like I, uh, for, you know, in reading this in the past, I, I feel like I attributed that to just being in a newt level class. And that's probably part of it. But I don't think that JK Rowling has an elegance to her writing that was, you know, like Hermione's good at school. So if she's not good at school, there's going to be a plot reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then, so Hermione's like, I'm not using those fucking alternative instructions. I'm going by the book. I'm Hermione Granger. I love her so much. <laughs> I do understand her reluctance, though, to to use, like, random instructions out of a book that someone's just handwritten on there. Because, like, what if it actually makes the potion explode? Like, what if they were terrible? Like, I might do it after some of them worked out, but... Harry is establishing a precedent that they work. <laughs> Yeah. For starters. No, I mean, so after a while, I'd probably try it. But the first time, I'd be like, dude, you're insane. You have no idea what that's going to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. well, to be fair to Harry, like, the first of the instructions that he tried was just like, just use the flat of the knife to squeeze this bean instead of cutting it. Yeah. Right. And it's it's like, the same okay, end, well, what could different that, Yeah. What could that possibly yeah. have done wrong? So then he's like, all right, well, that actually worked. It's, and then he starts like, trying um, other shit. That was a really good first it's, one, yeah. Yeah. It's like I saw a TikTok the other day that was like, hey, instead of fucking karate chopping uh, an incredibly sharp kitchen knife into your hand to get the pit out of an avocado, you could just push from the other side. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> I would much rather do that. <laughs> and it works. And that's like the equivalent of the change that Harry made in that first potion. <laughs> Yeah, And I I have to respect Hermione, though, because even after she's, like, had it, like, she could ask Harry to sit down and show her exactly what he's doing different. And she is simply too stubborn. She's just mad. And I love it. It's really frustrating. And I actually think that this is um, part of why Hermione, you know, every once in a while... We talk about other houses that our characters could have been in. And I think that a true Ravenclaw would have been interested in this discrepancy. But Hermione bullheadedly writes it off as incorrect. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the lawfulness of like a Gryffindor. Mm -hmm. yes. Or at least like they're like lawful, like, uh, like, like lawful neutral. Like somebody, yeah. a Ravenclaw, somebody who like values doing things the clever way instead of like yes. the cool way yeah, would, have, it would have immediately been like yes cheating yes it's like the part the student who like writes a whole code to like do his homework so yeah. that he doesn't have to like yeah. i think ravenclaw's motto is work smarter not harder right totally and then also i, ju I, mean, I just think a ravenclaw yeah. would I just think a Ravenclaw would have been like interested intellectually and in, like what is happening here. Like, why mm -hmm. is this working better? You know, like let's yeah. get to the bottom of this. And Hermione's like, no, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ron like wants to be copying these instructions, but he can't read the handwriting. Come on, dude. Nobody ever taught him cursive. Like, hasn't he been uh reading the same fucking handwriting off the board? I think he's oh having to God. read it at an angle so it doesn't look like they're sharing the book. Yeah, I guess. It's a weak, it's a weak excuse. Uh, yeah, what, do they not find out what potion they're doing until they get there that day? Harry can't copy the notes out for them. They're not Ravenclaw. Yeah, they're why done. doesn't Ron just go through and write all the stuff in his book? Yeah, there's like a lot of things that could be going on here. Like for starters, 
high schoolers are weird. And like, I would have just shared a book for no reason other than I wanted my leg to press against my friend's leg and we're giggling in class together. Like, I just think that there's so many solutions. Um, but so hey, poor Ron, he's just failing. Uh, it's kind of like in a horror movie when the bat- cell phone's battery dies because they need to make sure no one has cell phones. They're like, Classic. you can't read the handwriting. So Ron sucks at this. Tale is old. And honestly, like, it's kind of unethical, I think, if Ron is truly struggling the way that we've seen him struggle academically in the past, it's like unethical of Harry to not try harder to help him. Like, you know? honestly, to get like, that's, that's an amazing point. Why didn't they just on their own time, copy all of the notes into Ron's fucking book? Because it like, seems like something they would do. Like, yeah. Right. Like that's, that's a really good point because like, yeah. that's, Oh God. It's not till much later that Ron is suspicious of the book. Quick note, Ron is currently using, at least for the time being, he is using a loner. So yes. even though, even though like we, he he might feel some kind of way about writing in a book he knows he's going to have to return, even though the one that oh, Harry yeah. borrowed still, ha- you know what I'm saying oh, though? Okay, okay. Yeah. So like in a that's week true. or two when they get their actual textbooks, yes, that's the solution. Yeah, because imagine if he had written on a book in Molly Weasley's household. Right, exactly. Yeah, they, no, those a cost good, a lot okay. of fucking money. okay. I do still feel dumb for not having thought of it myself. <laughs> like, so I guess yes. I can't talk shit about two 16 year old boys, but you're as dumb as Ron. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, so God. I think if Hermione had wanted to like participate, she would have thought of doing something like that. Yeah. Like let's read it over and see what all these instructions are and see if anything is insane. Oh, well yeah. sucks to suck. Fuck boys. You made her mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, is anything here insane? Um, Harry also starts to notice like non potion stuff in the book, like spells that the Half Blood Prince invented, and he's like, hmm, "I'm sure well, that I won't. trust this guy." Yeah, I'm sure that won't come up later. Seems totally irrelevant to future events. Yeah, that'll never come up again. No, surely. Finally, it's Saturday. It's time for Harry's uh, meeting with Dumb. He's going to Dumb's office. In the hallway, Harry passes Professor Trelawney. Uh, he hides. He's like, I'm not doing that. I love um, that she's, she's, like, doing, like, not tarot, but kind of tarot. It's like a deck of playing cards, like yeah, old school like playing, playing cards. cards. Yeah. But, like, honestly, the the things that she's reading off, like, that is, I've done a little tarot, and that's exactly how it always fucking sounds. I know. I love <laughs> the, the name of Spades thing, and she's like, no, that can't be right. And I'm like, yeah, because you somehow it's... did actually sense that Harry's just like right there. Okay, like, <laughs> does, who has the line? It's okay, like, I've got it. it's so hilarious. No, I've got it right here. Okay. Okay. So, two of spades, conflict, she murmured as she passed the place where Harry crouched hidden. Seven of spades, an ill omen. Ten of spades, violence. Knave of spades, a dark young man, possibly troubled, one who dislikes the questioner. <laughs> she stopped dead right on the other side of Harry's statue. <laughs> Well, that can't be right, she said, annoyed. Confident. And Harry heard her reshuffling Confident. vigorously as she set off again. <laughs> like, that's, right. that's the best part. One who dislikes the questioner. Like, like so every fucking, fucking time I try to do tarot, it's like vague nonsense, vague nonsense, vague nonsense. Something extremely specific that may or may not be true, but sounds decidedly untrue. And then a fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. And I just got to say, I, (laughs) 
it's no secret to the listeners that I'm kind of over this show at this point. So I'm kind of I'm kind of done reading. I like I reading these books. I'm I'm ear reading all days. I got the Jim Dale version from the library. Um, and Jim Dale, I like I, I feel for the man. Okay, like imagine having to distinguish among this cast of characters. Imagine mm-hmm. this is the sixth of these books that you're narrating. Okay, imagine that you are ancient and you're being asked to narrate the voices of like young women. I get it. It's hard. But there are some choices that I I mean a lot of his choices. I fucking hate them. Dre Lottie's voice was so stupid. I'm going to put a clip oh. of it right here. Two of spades, conflict. She murmured as she passed the place where Harry crouched, hidden. Seven of spades, an ill omen. Ten of spades, violence. Knave of spades, a dark young man, possibly troubled, one who dislikes the questioner. She stopped dead right on the other side of Harry's statue. Well, that can't be right, she said, annoyed, and Harry heard her reshuffling vigorously as she set off again, leaving nothing but a whiff of cooking sherry behind her. He can only come up with character voices, like, in as much as they differentiate from those characters around them. You know what I mean? Right. Quite funny. And uh, our listener, Chloe, has assured me, I I didn't really notice this, or maybe I haven't listened to any chapters that have Voldemort in it in the audiobook, but our listener Chloe sent me an email to let me know that Voldemort, Jim Dale's Voldemort sounds exactly like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> so I will definitely be throwing in a clip of that whenever it feels appropriate. Oh my God. <laughs> um, uh. So there. Uh, so Harry goes into Dumbledore's office. Dumb has arranged for Harry to do Snape's detention next Saturday instead. <laughs> Not going to get out of this one. Oh, well, at least Snape got mildly inconvenienced. Sure, exactly. We'll take what we can get. So then Dumb explains that he needs to teach Harry more about Voldy. He says that uh, Harry's like, I thought you said you told me everything you knew. And Dumbledore is like, I did. We're going to start like speculating together now. Right. (laughs) Okay. Like, and I've also, it's been a couple months since we talked, right? It's a brainstorming sesh. All right. He wheels out a big whiteboard. It's like, okay. All right. We're doing a word cloud. No wrong answers. No wrong answers. Dumbledore writes on the board. Should Harry die? Question mark. Harry's like, huh, I think maybe that's the wrong answer. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just leave it up here as a thought. I feel like it's more like, like, there's like the whiteboard. He's like, here's our brainstorm. And on the back of it, you know, because it's one of those flipping ones. It's like lies mm-hmm. to tell Harry or things to keep from <laughs> Harry still. Well, in this chapter, I don't remember when it happens at the end. Maybe I guess Harry's like, will this help keep me alive? Basically, or will this help me survive? And Dumbledore's like, yeah, this will help you survive. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> like, bro. Fingers crossed, bud. <laughs> so Dumbledore pulls out the pensieve and a vial. He says they're going to enter the memory of Bob Ogden, head of magical law, uh, former head of magical law enforcement, now deceased. I don't think he was the head. I think he was. I think he just worked there. Okay. But he is well, dead. see. Remember, Takena, in the beginning, I was like, feel free to correct me because I uh, say wrong stuff all the time. No, I'm pretty sure he said he was the, he tells the Gaunts that he's the head of magical law enforcement later on. 
Who was Bob Ogden? He was employed by the Department of Magical Law Enforcement. Yeah. Employed by yeah, right. could mean head of, but doesn't look it up. Um he Han, it says uh, the um Harry Potter.fandom.com. He it does say that he eventually rose to become the head of magical law enforcement. Oh uh, yay, we're all right. He got a promotion for busting the gaunts. Oh, okay. Is that right? I don't know. Probably. I thought it said he told Probably them he's the head. Maybe wrong. Okay. Okay, listen. No, that doesn't help at all. <laughs> um, so can I just bring up that Dumbledore says that uh Bob Ogden like died years ago, but he got this memory yes. before then. So he's had it for years. But so much of the important stuff in it is in parcel tongue. So has he just been like watching this memory, like having no idea what's happening? Honestly, he really needs Harry. Yeah, that. Like, that so might I kind of feel like he it. brought in Harry so he could find out what the fuck they're saying. Well, like he probably eventually guessed right because he did eventually find the ring and yeah, get like a lead on the locket at least. So and like from context clues, I feel like it would be. Kind of like you could kind of figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's like Harry would have been super useful like ten years ago uh, for mm-hmm. this, and he's just like, well, all right, I guess I'll just show you this for context. <laughs> Quick question: Does occlumency? Nope. Does legitimacy work on people in memories? No. On on any level? I don't think I don't so. Think so? No. Because they're not. Okay. It's just what the person remembers them as. Yeah, the, like, like if watching the person, a video. Oh, yeah, if the person yeah, whose memory okay. you're in doesn't know what the other person's thinking. Yeah. It's like you're in a VR. Maybe oh my you God, could do legitimacy on the person whose memory well, I was, it was. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, what if you go into Bob Ogden's memory and you just get, like, a voiceover narration while you're in there of everything he was thinking? He, like, lands and he's like, oh, kind of a harsh landing. Cute lane. This reminds me of where my aunt lives. Anyway, oh, there's the gate there. Oh, oh, gate. These locks on these gates always trip me up. I don't. I love well, Thank God, my Muggle <laughs> costume is absolutely full proof. I am what is nailing he this. He what is, is he wearing? wearing a strange assortment of clothes. So I've chosen my experience. Was are trying to look like Muggles. In this case, a frock coat and spats over a striped one-piece bathing costume. Okay, so we know what the striped one-piece bathing costume looks like. Uh, what frock coat? A frock Does that coat? mean like a women's coat? No, color? it's uh, yeah. it's like it's like an old-timey suit coat. It's one of those things that you would look at and say, Haley, you would look great in that. It's like a duster, but it yeah, comes all the way yeah, around. Yeah, it's like a fancier duster. It's like a it's like a dress duster. Okay, I was looking at a frock coat today, and the I people say, in the Discord server like the were one telling that me to get it. Looking at earlier, yeah, it's like, literally a straight up like dress coat. Okay, and then spats. It's a shoe thing. It, oh, those things! Imagine an old timey man shoe spats. with all them buttons. Yeah, That's like the thing on the outside of the shoe that like so hooked, weird and stupid hooked around like the a, heel for reasons thing. unknown. Yeah, it's like a leg warmer. Okay, I'm gonna Google now. I'm gonna change my search from spats to why spats. <laughs> <laughs> why on earth? Um, to protect shoes and socks from mud or rain. Okay. Yeah. Now we just oh, I guess because shoes were a lot harder to come by back then. Yeah. Yeah, that, I get okay, all right. All right, I'll allow it. England's rainy, all right. 
He looks great. Oh, and I'm gonna also know now I'm gonna look up Bob Ogden fan art. <laughs> Are there any good ones? Oh my god, there's some good ones. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. They people will make Harry Potter fan art about anything. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> okay, look first look at this guy. Yep. What? He oh, has what kind of a what kind of a beard is that? Someone explain to me what uh, that beard it's it's the same beard that um the like administrator guy from fucking Mulan has. Yeah, it's like of. it's like the lower half of like a like a full Fu Manchu situation. Thank you. Yes, I was yeah. like I was trying to figure out how to describe or it. Or just like a long it's like a soul patch with a ponytail. It's <laughs> It's a snake tail. No, 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 he's not a gaunt. Um and then there's this He's wearing this one he's depicts no him wearing shoes. spats. Spats with no shoes. And the the fucking frock coat looks like a bathrobe. This is not cute. <laughs> that one okay. that one just under it looks kinda legit. Like oh, Yeah, that's That's an AI. Okay, alright. I mean, if it says deep dream generator, that's gotta mm, be an AI. Did not see that. Pe- People out here getting AIs to do the Lord's work of coming up with fan art for obscure Harry Potter characters. This one's very cute. This is giving over the garden wall. Oh, it is. It looks like Wirt. Very cute. Um, oh, Wirt would never have this confidence, though. Honestly, Bob Ogden's <laughs> kind of a badass. All right. I think that's all of the fan art that of this. She honestly, says continuing in- to click through fan art. <laughs> It's honestly truly incredible that there was like five pieces <laughs> of Bob Ogden. I'm really impressed. Yeah, yeah me too. So, uh, gotta put all my computer screen back together. So, they uh, they land on a country lane with Bob Ogden. <laughs> He's dressed for fashion. Oh week. God! You know what this is making me think <laughs> of? It's like a huh. fucked up version of the animated bit from Mary Poppins. When they go into the oh, chalk drawing and they're, yeah. in a, they're in an idyllic countryside, except like then it turns into, you know, what it turns into. But like, sure. it starts off very Mary Poppins. Very yeah. jolly holiday with Mary. <laughs> yeah, it's a jolly that's... holiday with Harry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they, every Dumbledore and Harry follow Bob down into, or like, toward little hangleton i guess this is how towns are named in the uk there's a big what is it called large there's greater big. hangleton and little <laughs> hangleton yes i was like huge hangleton and tiny honestly hangleton. having having been to the south of england yeah yeah it literally well, does sound like this i mean there's even great britain and there is like a lesser britain in france so oh, oh yeah yeah Brittany, yeah and i mean the English that came here were also not clever. Knew everything. Yeah, no, like Ain't that's it's, the truth. Yeah, no, the like English English towns sound a lot like Massachusetts towns. Just just nonsense <laughs> Shire bullshit. Sure. And I think there's probably a historical explanation for that. There is. There is, but <laughs> it's, it's called strong. imperialism. <laughs> yeah, but the legacy is strongest in Massachusetts. Right, but I think I'm saying I think that's because that's one of the earliest points that was settled on the even on the East Coast. Yeah, Bob just disappears into a hedge, um, like before they get to the village proper, and they catch up with him in a copse of dark trees. Uh, and his wand is out. There's a little house in in the 
brambles that they can barely detect with a dead snake nailed to the door. Great omen. And then a window opens and a thin trickle of smoke comes out and they hear a loud coughing and shit, it's the cops. (laughs) (laughs) Haley taking the opportunity to smoke some weed. (laughs) Thank you for the narration. A man drops from a nearby tree and says, you're not welcome in italics. (gasps) Italics. Bob Ogden says he can't understand him. And Harry's like, what? What is happening? (laughs) He's speaking plain as day. (laughs) What an idiot. (laughs) He retains like nothing. Harry. Like, like, how many times has this fucking happened at this point, my guy? I know. You've met so many snakes. <laughs> like, way more than a normal kid. Has he encountered someone speaking parcel tongue, though, to not a snake? I guess not. So there's a snake on the door. It's weird that he never hears it. It's very strange that he cannot tell when it's happening. Because it, yeah. it, it, it like... It suggests that his ears don't work. Well, his eyes don't. It's just, <laughs> that's true. It's it's giving like Babblefish from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but only for parcel tongue. Yeah, right. Well, like, yeah, I don't know. Because when I know another language, when I hear that other language, I don't like not realize it's in a different language. Sure. Like, right. Just, You're like, like, that's definitely Espanol. I guess it's like j- just magic. Like that's <laughs> there we go. I wa- I waved both hands at it, so it's as hand wavy it's gonna get. I actually think that's maybe perhaps the first time on this podcast that you've been the one to suggest eh, magic as an answer, <laughs> as a solution. What are you talking about? I've been saying for years now that wizards are all about the drama. That's they, how is that are. not the same point? I guess you're right. No, I guess you're right. Uh, it allows us to be dumb with Harry. But there's a snake on the door. Uh, whatever. Um, an older man, oh, uh, the the dude is named Morphin, and he hits Bob with some kind of spell that lands him on his ass. Rough day at work. With yellow pus coming out of his nose. <laughs> so, I would like to talk about something very briefly that just occurred to me. So, we've been calling Auror's wizard cops. Is... Bob Ogden an Auror? It doesn't say he's an Auror. No, it says that he's from the Department of Magical Law Enforcement. So, so. the Aurors are more like detectives or like FBI agents. Yeah. Right, the versus like a Magical beat cop. Law Enforcement or the cops. Okay. Yeah, like I, I think I think I noticed that sometime in like book five, because they don't talk about Magical Law Enforcement that much. They're not really emphasized. So like the Aurors are definitely like more of the bad boys that live on the edge and this dude sure, is, they're brooklyn 99 <laughs> yeah yeah and this dude is more like a beat cop okay um i gotta tell you uh, every time they talk about the department of magical law enforcement i think of in the santa claus the the elf swat team <laughs> do you guys yeah. remember yes! that yes <laughs> That's what I imagine. Just a bu- the magical law enforcement is just a bunch of kids with jetpacks. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Because, like, wait. Because there's also, there's the Department of Magical Law Enforcement, and then there's the Magical Law Enforcement Squad. 
So, like, huh. is the department, like, partly... Maybe that's, like, the SWAT team. Yeah, that might be it. They go in to handle, like, emergencies. Okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. I guess. That, like, mostly... I, I think their job would mostly be, like, like deflating Aunt Marge. Like, when sure. that shit yeah, went that's down. Yeah, a squad... That's a squad... Squad goal. <laughs> <laughs> so, an older man comes out of the house speaking English... We get the classic country rundown about how this is private property. (laughs) So, of course, Morphin jinxed you, you dumbass. He was threatened. And Bob's like, threatened by what? I'm just like a dude. (laughs) I'm wearing a bathing costume. (laughs) Look at (laughs) me. Spats like with or without shoes. (laughs) Sprinkle in a bit of prejudice against the muggles. Just on a little bit of a tirade. Yeah, like he, he brings up noses. Which is like, oh, that's, that's some old timey, that's some old timey, like, not even magic, that's just real racism. That's what the real fuck racism. Are, like, why are you bringing up facial features, weirdo? Like, it, yeah. What, is this, is, do wizards have phrenology? Is there wizard phrenology? I was about to Harry. Google it, but I'm too scared. <laughs> it's, it, I'm, no, I'm gonna Google it. <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> Oh, I don't know how to spell phrenology. But PH. Now I, do. There's... I learned phrenology of a wizard, Harry Potter. Oh my god, I'm so scared. That's the name of a book. What? What book? The Illustrated Guide Phrenology. Oh my god. The Illustrated Guide Phrenology of a Wizard. Know thyself. What on earth? Oh, I'm scared. I'm scared. It, like, uh, Tina, I don't think wizard phrenology is going to tell you anything. Do you want me to just tell you what phrenology is? I think I'm on a bad website. Yeah, no, yeah. it's not like it's not like it's not the worst thing ever. No, I know what phrenology okay. is. I just I just have never spelled it myself before. All right. I, I just wanted to know if anyone has ever been down this rabbit hole before, and apparently, um, so apparently fine. someone wrote a whole ass book about it. So I I'm, guess the answer is yes. Yeah, I'm really confused by this. What is this? No, nothing. That's nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess, yes, wizards have phrenology, or at least had phrenology. Mm. You know. Um, so the older man, Mr. Gaunt, tells Morphin in parcel tongue to go inside, and he does. And then Bob is like, well, actually, I wanted to talk to that guy. And Mr. Gaunt is like, are you pure blood?" And that's neither here nor there, said Ogden coldly. Woo! Ally! Like, I respect that so hard, but also it is funny coming from a man dressed the way that he's dressed in the English countryside. (laughs) Like, what do you think that a man who has ever in his life spoken to a muggle would be dressed this way, sir? (laughs) So true. (laughs) But good on you, Bob. This book series has set us up such, especially with the deep, deep foundational passiveness of Harry Potter's character. Anytime we get a glimmer of allyship, it's cause for a grand celebration. And honestly, I, I just like Bob. He's a take charge kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe the bathing costume makes me a little extra sympathetic to him. It's like it's he's managing a, a great deal of gravitas considering <laughs> how he's dressed. Haley, imagine <laughs> Imagine, like, having to go, like, cold, walk up to someone's house to tell them some bad news, and you're just, like, in a bikini with your keens. <laughs> <laughs> and a frock and coat. And like a winter coat. 
and a frog <laughs> are you cold or hot <laughs> that's what i bitches when i was in high school bitches used to wear flip-flops with leg warmers which was so fucking infuriating cold or hot cold or hot tina tina they're trying the children are trying to bring back the early 2000s don't give them ideas it was a oh bad time what's that girl's name there was one girl who did it like constantly her name was like like Samira or like Samara, something like that. Like the girl from <laughs> she, The Ring? Um, I've actually never seen The Ring, and I asked Sean if we could watch it this holiday season. Okay. But Samira and Samara are both very normal names also outside of The Ring. <laughs> okay. I've actually never maybe met a Samara, but definitely some Samiras. Yeah, some, Samara has very strong ring connotations these days. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. So they would wear them with... Leg warmers? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yes. It was a real <laughs> so bad look. Because, like, so I would wear flip-flops till my toes were blue, but I wore them with jeans. It wasn't that weird. But, yeah. l- but leg warmers. Leg warmers. That's a, that's a choice there. Mm. Samira or Samara would wear... I don't know why I remember this. It's because her outfit pissed me off so much. <laughs> she would wear... Like, everyone did it occasionally, but she did it, I think, like, every fucking day. She would be wearing... This is my thing! She'd be wearing a baby doll tee with a cardigan, a G- a denim mini skirt, and then black flip flops with like brightly colored leg warmers. Oh my god, that's not that sounds like a Kim Possible character. <laughs> you think? Oh, uh, if you're listening. Yeah, no, it's bad. That's the thing. Like, take off the leg warmers, you're fine. Replace the flip flops with Uggs, you're fine. It's not like Uggs weren't in style. It's not like she didn't own them. Chucks, even. That would have been fine either. Like, uh, anything. Anything. So, Mr. Uh, So, Bob is like, did you get my letter? And Mr. Gaunt is like, I didn't receive no damn letter. I didn't, I don't open the mail. I don't trust the government or like whatever he says, which I, I mean, he doesn't, maybe he doesn't say that. But if that, if that's what he's getting at here, it's kind of the kind of same, but maybe the mail service isn't. Oh, he says he has he no use for owls. Yeah, he simply, says, he simply says, I don't open letters. Yeah, he says, I got no use for owls. And it's like, well, maybe to warn you about visitors coming to your property. That's one use. No, no, no. He uses the snake mail service. Snake snail mail. mail. <laughs> snail mail, and as it were. <laughs> and, if, and if it's late with the mail, they nail it to the door. And that's snail... Cause nail it to the door. There you go. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Yeah, that was really good and worth our wait. (laughs) Um, Bob is like, "Can I come inside?" And they're like, "Fine." So they, uh, okay, we're inside now. It's small and dirty, and there's a fire despite the summer heat. Um, Morphin is in there singing in parcel tongue to a live snake, and there's also a girl who is cooking and quiet. I'm gonna check something. Merope. Merope. Rhymes with therapy. Okay, wait. I'm going to switch it to the American pronunciation. Miro. God, Oof. Americans are the worst. Americans <laughs> ruin everything. That's Oof. how I've said it my whole life. Merope? Me too. Merope. But, th- but then I got the Jim Dale in my ears going Merope. Merope. And it's obviously so much more beautiful. This was the first time that I read this and like recognized that word from another context. And I was like, oh, it's Greek. It's Merope. It's Greek. Okay. It's giving yeah. Greek. It's actually like 
it's it's kind of a cool story with that name. Um, Tell me. Okay, okay. So there's a star cluster called the Pleiades. There's six stars in it, but in pretty much every culture in the world, cultures that have nothing to do with each other, it's called the Seven Sisters, or it's oh, yeah. like six sisters and their mother. And when uh, people, you know, designed telescopes that could like actually see into space and like that were powerful enough to see that star cluster, they realized that what they'd thought were six stars, because like all of these stories in these unconnected traditions have a like it has something to do uh, with. Sorry, passing. <sighs> Motorcycle. Yep. They come in my way. Possibly. Tell them, tell them to fuck off. Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> so all of these unconnected stories and these unconnected cultures have something to do with one member of this family being lost or becoming mortal or dying or something. Which is like a, the reason there's only six stars in this constellation instead of seven. So when people got the ability to like see into space, they realized that it actually is seven stars and two of them just orbit really close to each other. So with the naked oh. eye, it looks like there's only six. So the prevailing theory is that there was a time in human history when we had started developing religion and language and all of that, when they were seven distinct stars. And then at some point within human memory, they became six. Wow, that is actually extremely cool. Right? So Merope is, uh, in Greek tradition, the sister that vanished. Whoa. Oh. Yeah, names on purpose. Mm -hmm. also, J.K. Rowling does her names on purpose. Yeah, yeah, and Morphin is a reference to Morpheus, which is the god of dreams. Okay. Yeah, and Gaunt, I looked up the etymology of that just for fun, and uh, it's uh, supposed to come from the Old Norse uh, gant, which had a few meanings, one of which is a long, thin, pointed stick. Whoa, right? huh, that's a little on the nose. Right? Yeah, man. I mean, Marvel is like Greek or something for I needed letters to make up I am Lord Voldemort. But. <laughs> that's true, that's true, I've heard that too. Wizards are all <laughs> about the drama. That's so funny because like being named Mr. Gaunt is like being named like Mr. Taylor. It's like you used to, someone in your family used to be a tailor. It's like, oh, were you one of the oldest magical families? Uh, quick, give him a last name. Uh, uh, Wand. <laughs> Wand you know. <laughs> Bob gets to the point. Morphin performed magic on a muggle last night. Merope drops the pot and Mr. Gaunt screams at her to use ma uh, you stupid bitch, use magic instead of dropping stuff. Basically, Bob is taken aback. I think that we all know the feeling of when one person in your presence unexpectedly yells at another person in your presence and you're like, I wish to not be involved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. We watch uh, Merope fail to use her wand to salvage the situation. The pot shoots away from her and cracks in two. Bob mends the pot for her, which is like a point in the fucking con column. In, as far as Mr. Gaunt is concerned, are you going to help my terrified daughter? <laughs> How dare you? I'm trying to abuse my children here. Do you mind? <laughs> <laughs> literally, that's how parenting literally used to be, though. <laughs> Uh, Bob tries to get the conversation back on track, but Mr. Gaunt, let's just say, does not seem very worried about it. 
Don't you know who he is? Uh, yeah. So, um, Bob whips out a summons for Morphin to come to a hearing at the ministry. Mr. Gaunt is not pleased. He escalates to yelling. And yes, do you know who I am? He's showing off this ring as proof that he's pure blood from the Peverells. Cool. That's really relevant and important. Six and one third books into the entire series. And we get our first Deathly Hallows breadcrumb. Yep. I mean, at this point, I'm like, yeah, let's. Let's do that. Like, we're getting there. We're finally introducing the concept for which the resolution of which will finally release me from my curse of this show. (laughs) 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 Fucking Mr. Gaunt drags Merope bodily over to show Bob a locket that was apparently Salazar Slytherin's. It's just like such a disconnect of value that it just really proves how isolated they've been that they think that this is like any way to get anything accomplished with a fucking officer of the law. Yeah. It's, there's a definite note of fallen aristocracy here. Like, Oh God. Like distinct. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing a, a false equivalency. Like Bob summoning Morphin per the law equals, he thinks the gaunts are scum. <laughs> like, it's, it's Bob's like, like, nah, man, there's like a legal system here. Yeah, like this is some hardcore projection, my guy. It's really wild with like how how little oversight there is at Hogwarts and then you go out of Hogwarts and there's a, a lot more oversight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like people just gave up. They're just like, okay, well, it's a school full of small bombs. Yeah, what, what are, are we gonna, gonna do? just sequester it in the Scottish hills and <laughs> hope nothing too horrible happens? <laughs> try to keep the body count down. Just try. And narrate her voice. And then something horrible did happen. <laughs> and they did not keep the body count down. <laughs> <laughs> so Bob gets serious. He's like, dude, I don't care about your ancestors. Here's the summons that I'm like required by my job to give you. Like, honestly, I'm seeing Bob as like a young Ray Holt. Imagine Ray Holt, oh, first yeah. of all, in this outfit and second of all, <laughs> handling this situation. He, if anyone could handle it in a bathing suit and a frock coat and spa- spats with or without <laughs> shoes, it's Andre Brower. Like, it just, it's. It's true. He would pull this shit off. Yeah, okay, I love, I support that casting. <laughs> we need new fan art. <laughs> they all hear hooves outside. A girl's voice rings out being like, what a horrible house <laughs> at the top of her lungs. <laughs> Bitch, come on, that's so mean. <laughs> Is that a snake nailed to the door? <laughs> like, they said that you could barely see the house. So did he like stop so that she could look at this horrible house. I feel like I if they just sounds... kept going, they like wouldn't have even noticed it very much. No, it sounds like they're out on like a romantic ride and like ri- maybe like riding just off the road or something. Mm-hmm. That or like being on a horse does give you a really high vantage point. So they might just oh, be yeah, able to see. Oh yeah, they can see over the they hedge. Over That's the so hedge. funny. I mean. Even after Harry goes past the hedge, he still is like, oh, there's a house in there. But maybe because the the people who live there know it's there, they can see it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, this bitch asks Tom if his dad could have the hovel cleared away, but apparently he only owns most of the valley, not this part of the valley. <laughs> what a fucking douchebag. <laughs> um, Tom is talking about how Gaunt is a tramp and Morphin is crazy, blah, 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 blah. Oh, the, and then we, we get the girl's name, Cecilia Darling. Ugh. God, these two sound like like two extras out of Downton Abbey. They're just like <laughs> passing by a scene from Harry Potter. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, I think we're on the wrong set. <laughs> oh, good heavens. Uh, but I saw Maggie Smith. I swear <laughs> to God, this was right. <laughs> so after they leave, Harry hears an exchange in parcel tongue that implies that Merope has a crush on Tom. Um, apparently, Mr. Gaunt didn't know this and gets. Yeah, so it's, it becomes apparent that this dude is the man that Morphin jinxed, pro- ostensibly targeting him because of Merope's crush. And meanwhile, Bob is just watching this whole thing go down with, like, three adults hissing at each other. <laughs> also, Dumbledore, and he, I definitely think he's watched this memory more than once, and has just sat here and been like, I wonder what they're all yelling at each other about. <laughs> Because, so funny. Like, you don't necessarily know it's about the dude that just passed by. I mean, he probably does because he attacked Tom Riddle yeah. Sr., but it's just like you're sitting there and like, I wonder what they're all yelling about. I wonder Why if he happening? brought in a translator. A contractor what? one, not from the government. <laughs> I don't know. No one speaks partial time. Yeah, do you think that's, like, a job that you can have? If you're, like, one of the few people that can speak parcel tongue, you can just, like, sell your services? I feel like it'd have to be on, like, the black market, though, because everyone thinks you're evil just for being able to speak parcel tongue. That doesn't make it illegal. Yeah. Um, but it does make it hard. Yeah. It It does make it hard to advertise your services. Um, yeah, it's also probably not enough translation work to sustain a career. Probably have to have another job as well. But it could be like a side gig and you could meet people at like the hog's head where you like disguise yourself so no one knows yeah. that you're the parcel tongue translator. Wizard, totally. I'm loving this. Wizard side gig economy. <laughs> In this economy, you gotta. You gotta. Making the most of my parcel tongue skills. I gotta send my kids to wizard college. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's no wizard college. That's fake. Yeah, that's fake. So, Mr. Gaunt throttles Merope. Uh, Bob hits him with the old relatio and sends him flying backward. Morphin comes at Bob with a knife and a wand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then Bob runs. Good call. Good call, Bob. Yeah, reinforcements. Reinforcements are needed. Bob makes excellent choices this entire time. Like, I'm just going to yes. fix the pot. I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna stop yeah. you from choking your daughter. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. run away now. Like the true hero. Yeah, I am. The true hero yeah. of book six. Yes. Yeah. Bob Ogden. I'm also now just imagining this as being Raymond Holt in a striped bathing costume. And it's amazing. It's a good visual. It's the best. He'd rock it. He is all business. Someone would be like, uh, what's up with your outfit? And he would give them this stony stare and be like I don't know what's. These up are normal muggle clothes. I think what I look great. <laughs> I've seen muggles wear these things many times. Many times. 
Okay, out of the pensieve once more. Time for our debriefing. Harry asks, what happened to Merope? Dumbledore responds, she survived. Bob came back right away with reinforcements to remove Morphin and Mr. Gaunt and convict them of, like, everything? I don't know. <laughs> everything. Oh, did we uh, Did we mention Bob bouncing off of Tom Riddle Sr.'s horse? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, on his way out the door, part. he did run fully into a horse. <laughs> that... That's like running into a wall. It is. It's, it just proves it's how serious. fucking tough Bob Ogden is. <laughs> He's a hero. <laughs> so we learn now that Mr. Gaunt's first name was Marvolo. <gasps> he is Voldy's grampy. Merope was Voldy's mom. Tom was Voldy's dad. Whoa. How could that have happened? <laughs> well, Harry, when a man and a woman don't necessarily love each other. Okay, do you know what a love potion is? Anyway, yeah, they do a kind of special hug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dumbledore speculates that she bewitched Tom with a love potion or similar. Um, Suggesting that her powers maybe came out a little bit more once her family wasn't, once her abusers were out of the picture, kind of like how Harry's good at potions now. <laughs> same, same. Sorry, one of those things is kind of a joke. The other one is not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and then when Marvolo got out of jail, Merope was gone, run away with Tom, the muggle. Um, he died soon after. Tom eventually broke free of the love spell and went home. But Merope was pregnant when he left her. I really, like, wonder... You know, like... I I, I hate to, I'm trying to figure out the right way to phrase this. Because this was a different time. I wonder if she was, like, attractive. I wonder if she, like, had was capable of, like, strong and coherent speech. Like, I wonder if there was, like, ever any chance ever of her in terms of class you know like ever being a part of his life in a permanent way well like i'm remembering from book four when we get uh frank's prologue uh right? it's mentioned that like tom was kind of a shit so yeah. like okay. if merope was like a decent person who did a bad thing out of desperation, basically. Right. And, like, naivety, then I don't think that, like, Tom staying with her would have been good for either of them. It's true. I I totally, I, I honestly, even though, like, obviously, doing the love potion or similar, bad. That's, like, yeah. fabricating, like, non-consent. That's bad. She had no context for that. She had no way of understanding consent. She never consented to a single thing in her life. We don't know the depths of her abuse. And a lot of time, people who are in abusive parental relationships have a very, very, I mean, period, they have a very hard time getting out of those relationships. But a lot of the time, people go to like a like a different kind of abuser, like a, yeah. like in terms of maybe like a partner who's like older than them or, you know, in other ways, just like totally unfit, but it's because they've been 
sheltered in this like hell of abuse and they need someone powerful with resources to take them away. So I, I understand mm-hmm. why she felt like she needed to latch onto him in order to escape. Yeah. I think she probably had this obsession with him too because her life was so terrible and he would go like yeah. riding around the town and like being like so gentlemanly towards these ladies that he was courting that she probably imagined herself there. So I can just yeah. see her yeah. being like, like, you know, kind of having this whole like relationship built in her head, like and trying to make it come happen. But I don't, I don't think he would have ever gone for her even if she was like beautiful just because of the whole social class thing. Yeah. I mean, they thought Gaunt was a tramp, like, in the wizarding world, he was something else. But in the muggle world, like, all the wizards are, like, really weird people. It just goes to show how absolutely made up and bullshit class is, because he thinks he's better than her, and he's the richest man in Little Hangleton. <laughs> it's like, bro, you're not cool. <laughs> yeah, but, like, any any kind of, like, really stratified society where, like, class or like status in general is really openly emphasized then like even no matter how low down the ladder you are you're still very aware of who you're above in fact more so so like he's his father only owns half of the valley but his father still owns half of the valley so everyone that he lives around is a peon to him thanks i I mean you know he did end up alone and like living in his parents at like forty, so mm. and then I don't feel like murdered his life in the dining great. room. Yeah. Yeah, like, murdered in the dining room. His a uh, crazy teenage son that he, he ran out on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh when Tom left Merapi, she was pregnant. Dumbledore goes on to speculate that perhaps Merapi thought Tom might actually love her now. And, and like, let him off the love spell. And then he was like, Nah, your eyes go different directions. I'm out. <laughs> you know that scene in the movie adaptation of The Half-Blood Prince when Ron, <laughs> um, get, he, he gets spiked with love potion and then he gets uh, the, you know, the antidote from Slughorn and the scene the camera's just like really tight up on Rupert Grint's like beautiful beaming face and you have to watch as like the horror sets in and it's just like so sad he's really good at face acting um that's what Tom also did like Tom literally had that moment of like oh 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 no I'm going I'm going to go back to my previous life of being an asshole I was happy (laughs) as an asshole yeah really so Dumbledore's like that's it I'm tired. I'm toyed. Harry is like, do you think learning about Voldemort's past is important? Dude, what do you think we're doing here? No, I think this is dumb. This is lesson <laughs> literally, this is literally orientation day. You stupid idiot. He's such a dumbass. He asked permission to share everything with Ron and Hermione. Um, Dumbledore agrees. Do we think that's because if he and Harry both die, somebody needs to know? Because he definitely doesn't do it as, like, a fun, cool thing for Harry. Like, honestly, it just feels kind of lazy to me because, like, the ex- the literal phrasing here is, but Harry, I am going to ask you to ask them not to repeat any of this to anyone else. It would not be a good idea if word got around how much I know or suspect about Lord Voldemort's secrets. So, like, this is the kind of shit 
that he had the entire Order of the Phoenix on full lockdown in book five. And now he's just like, all right, but you tell them that I told them that I told you to tell them to just not tell anyone about the super cool secrets we're learning. I also think he knows he's going to die. Um, yes. Spoilers. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it is like, oh, you need someone to explain this to you once I'm gone. So let's have that be Hermione. Oh, wow. You, he's like, Harry just, will never accomplish this without her. <laughs> he's like, Harry, please consult with Hermione, please. So yeah, let's, let's keep Hermione up to speed. Then she That's will funny. take over for me and know what's going on or at least figure things out better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, it's yeah. Like it's and I a guess good Ron move. can be there too. Yeah, it's like it's a good move and it works out, but it does feel very reckless after the whole like shadow yes. of secrecy from the last book. It does feel reckless. Also, you know, getting Ron in the know kind of makes sense because after Dumbledore dies, the Weasleys will be Harry the only people who are actually looking out for Harry the way that Dumbledore has supposedly been looking out for Harry or at least like handling his business, you know, like that's Molly's job now. And so, like, all right, might as well get Ron and the Weasleys in on it, too. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I mean, like, you said it's reckless, but dying people are definitely reckless. That's true. Mm-hmm. That is also That's true. Like, Dumbledore probably has some desperation at this point, because he's like, oh, I've only got a year to live. I gotta get shit done. Dude, imagine his exasperation with that context when Harry's like, is this important? <laughs> Is this going to be on the test? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, kid. It's going to be on your fucking SATs. <laughs> your wizard SATs. So then Harry is like, hey, that ring you're wearing looks awfully familiar. Or is he not wearing it anymore? It's like on a pedestal now. Yeah. Whatever. He's like, I recognize mm-hmm. that ring. And Dumbledore's like, ha ha ha. Anyway, good night. <laughs> like in the most fucking theater kid kind of way. Like... Just draws the moment out, like, until you can hear its tendons snapping. And right as Harry's about to ask what happened again, he's like, anyway, good night! <laughs> I just love it because, you know, you go back to the beginning of the chapter when Harry's like, I thought you weren't keeping any more secrets from me. And Dumbledore's like, I'm not. We're experimenting together. Then it comes to the end of the chapter and he's like, Harry's like, oh, how'd you get the ring? And Dumbledore's like, don't worry about it. He's like the back it's of the whiteboard. It's not a Secret's secret, not to Harry. Tell Harry <laughs> it's not a secret, Harry. It's suspense. Takenna, I love the notion of Dumbledore having a front of the whiteboard, back of the, or front of the blackboard, back of the blackboard. Like, that's very, like, on the nose. Like, I love that imagery. And, like, when Harry leaves, he, like, flips it back and it just still says, Harry needs to die, question mark, and, like, giant well, letters. I think he literally had one, because here's his front of the whiteboard. He's telling Harry about the Horcruxes. He's, like, showing him the history. Mm-hmm. And then there's the back of the whiteboard, and it's Snape. And it's, like, uh, here's, mm-hmm. hey, here's the sucky news. Yeah. You have to tell Harry someday. Thanks. Bye. Wow. I'm going to die now. Good. You owe me everything because you loved a woman once and she died. Uh, and I didn't do anything for you. and Because I wanted to have a slave for the rest of my life and all of the slaves that are enslaved at my school weren't sufficient. <laughs> well, they can't read Slaves, slaves, all kinds of slaves. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly spies. 
<laughs> oh, they're spying. There's a chapter in here called Elf Tales. Yeah. They're spying. Well, that is the end of the chapter. Takena, do you have any final words or funny moments or anything else you wanted to highlight? Um, no, just that I think Dumbledore showed Harry this memory so he could finally learn what the fuck they were saying. He didn't know. I, that's very funny, and I like that. <laughs> Haley, any final words about the chapter? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I got all of my fun trivia facts out. Thank, and thank you for that. I really enjoyed this one. I, I like getting into big plot stuff now. Like, I'm ready. I, I don't know if it's because of, like, genuine genuine appreciation for the narrative or out of, again, desperation to be headed towards the end of this book series. But it does, as we've mentioned, especially compared to Order of the Phoenix, it feels like the things that are happening and in the Half-Blood Prince are things that are happening. You know what I mean? Like, that's really cool. <laughs> That's cool to progress the plot with every chapter. Incredible notion. <laughs> Amazing. We're moving right along. Cool. Yeah, we really are. We're going to get there. Well, we are uh, 30% of the way into the book. There's third, there's third, well, third, you know, 33.3 repeating. Mm -hmm. There's 30 chapters in this book. This is chapter 10. Not that um, you're counting. Not that I'm <laughs> counting. Um, chapter 20. Is called Lord Voldemort's Request. So just that's the pacing. Huh. Um, chapter 30, the final chapter in this book, just, it, just we're doing base 10 right now, is The White Tomb. And that mm -hmm. episode is slated to come out on February 7th. So that's the trajectory of this book, friends. We'll be done with it by Valentine's Day. Damn. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know what I mean. Then we have to do the movie and then we have to do our group therapy episode. But oh, the uh, you know me, the schedule. I've had this scheduled for years. Yes. And then you reschedule it as necessary. I, as It's true. But I just, I have this thing where if I know I'm going to have to schedule something, I just have to do it right now. I literally have parts of the next book scheduled also. Anyway, let's move on to plugs. Uh, as a reminder, we're not plugging struck work right now. So I hope you've been reading something good. Takena, do you want anyone to follow you anywhere on the internet? No. Okay, don't the follow only place me. People can find me is on uh, the Discord, especially in the book club. Woo! Yes, for as, for as little as a dollar a month, you too can be a part of our Patreon Discord server where me and Takena hang out. And once every three months, Haley comes to say something clever and then disappears with the moon or whatever. Um, and yeah, as to kind of mention, we also have a network book club, which everyone who is a patron in our main discord server gets monthly invitations to the book club. So it's a lot of fun. Thank you for that plug to Kenna. And what have you been, uh, what, what non-struck media have you been consuming recently that you think the listeners would enjoy? Um, so I'm going to go with the mermaid, the witch in the sea by Maggie Takuda Hall. Uh, it was really interesting world building. Uh, there's a bunch of queer characters and the story didn't go where I thought it was going to go. So I always enjoy that when I can't just immediately predict what's happening. Yes. Amazing. Thank you so much. Haley, what are you plugging? Uh, I am going to plug uh, a web novel that I found recently called Time to Destination Unknown. Uh, by Is that the one you sent me? Yes. 
Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. it's really cool. Um, it's by Darren Idala. Um, I think they have a couple other stories up on uh, their webpage. This one is still updating, but it's pretty close to done and it r- updates very regularly. But it's about uh, a sociologist very, very far in the future who is woken up on board uh, a colony ship where like everybody has been like asleep until they you know get there and discovers that the crew that's supposed to be uh, piloting the ship is dead. Uh, the trip is taking about twice as long as it's supposed to and uh, is still five years from its destination and they are the only person awake or alive on the ship and something is wrong with the AI. Uh, so it's this person trying to, uh, who has absolutely no qualifications beyond, like, kind of normal nerd yeah. stuff, trying yeah. to control an interstellar starship and uh, I love that. be its captain. I love that so much. That's, like, kind of a similar plot to uh, Project Hail Mary. Dude with not nearly enough expertise in a spaceship by himself trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Like, Amazing. It's, it's fun. I can't wait to check that out. I'm Christina. You know where to find me. And today I'm going to plug Dark of the Moon by Tracy Barrett. Maybe like our first or second book club book for the Days X Media book club was Ariadne by, is that Jennifer Saint who wrote that one? But did you not read it with us again or do you just not remember? That was before me. <gasps> that was before Takena. There was never yeah. a time before Takena. No, I joined like last summer. It was by Jennifer Saint. So we all read it. And it's a it, it's a retelling of Ariadne, who is uh, in Greek myth, the sister of the Minotaur, um, if you're familiar with that myth. And um, we were just really disappointed when we read it by how like deeply unfeminist it was. It's a brand new retelling. The whole the whole book world was losing their minds over it. And it, it was disappointingly unfeminist. You know, the main character, Ariadne, did nothing of her own volition And we all just felt bummed by it. So Dark of the Moon is another retelling of that myth. And as you should do when you're writing Greek myth for a modern audience, they changed stuff and made it better and more palatable. So if you read Ariadne and you were disappointed, Dark of the Moon by Tracy Barrett is the feminist retelling that you've been looking for. Nice. Takena, thank you so much for joining us on the Restricted Section. Yeah, it was really nice talking to you. Oh, yeah. Thanks for inviting me. It's been fun. I was worried that I'd forget to talk because, you know, I listen to this show. And it's a bit like (laughs) listening to the show. (laughs) Don't you talk back to podcasts as you're listening? I do. It's a problem. Except (laughs) you you usually get those thoughts in the Discord. It's true. And that's why the Discord is so fun. And Haley, as always, thank you for being my co-pilot. Thank you for being the pilot to my co-pilot. <laughs> Any old time. Uh, until next time, that's the way. Oh, can the I news say the goes. thing? Oh can yeah. I say the thing? What thing? The library's closing, bitches. So take your shit and get the fuck out. That's it, potheads. Thanks for listening to the restricted section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod, or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. 
Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. Do you love to be super scared? Do you enjoy listening to hilarious hot takes on timeless classics? Well, fear not, listeners. I'm here! Welcome to the Super Scary Podcast, where we cover everything from the supernatural to the superpowered. I'm your host, Josh, a scaredy cat nerd who enjoys superhero sci-fi and horror movies way too much. Whether I'm processing my trauma from Texas Chainsaw Massacre or reminiscing on the nostalgia of Hocus Pocus, my guests and I have a hilarious time going through our favorite and sometimes not-so-favorite moments. I'm your friend till the end, listeners, because everyone's entitled to one super scary podcast. We post weekly episodes on Mondays, and you can find us at Super Scary Podcast on all the socials. See you in the afterlife, listeners. It's always one more fucking thing. Dave X Media.